friends, it's Ann West, Executive Director of the Island Health and Wellness Foundation, and we are back with another episode of the Just for the Health of It podcast. The following is a conversation that I had with Rhonda Dodge. Rhonda is the chairperson of the board of directors at Island Nursing Home. We are continuing our discussion about the news of Island Nursing Home's closing. This is actually the 14th conversation in the series. And our goal is to keep the community up to date and answer listener questions. As usual, nothing that is said here is intended to serve as medical or healthcare advice. This is for educational purposes only. So with that, let's launch into our conversation. Rhonda, welcome again. Um, I am looking for some updates since we last talked. In particular, I'm looking at the front page of this week's Island Advantages. And under the title or headline, Island Nursing Home Task Force Executive Summary, it says, editor's note, this executive summary dated December 16th, 2021 is provided by the Island Nursing Home Task Force. So my question is, did the task force release its executive summary directly to the newspaper? No, they did not. Uh, the task force, for, first of all, Happy New Year. We oh, thank you so <laughs> much. I know. I feel like it's been forever <laughs> since we talked. I know. So um, the task force released their executive report to the Island Nursing Home Board mid-December, uh, 15th or 16th, if I recall correctly. Uh, we had a meeting, a joint meeting with them um, for any questions that people might have had. It was the second um, planned meeting that we had jointly to discuss various uh, points in the executive summary, as well as the full report. Um, and then the board wrote a letter. So you're not seeing the letter, you're just seeing the executive report. Well, I have the little preview here that comes out on the app and it doesn't have every single page. So I'm looking at just the front page of this week's paper. Hmm. So um, Skip Greenlaw, who is uh, our communications chair, um, wrote a letter um, as a preamble thanking the task force for all of their hard work and their insights, um, and also made some key points that there were things that we were already doing that were discussed in the report, as well as things that we um, proactively did. So for example, we had an early recommendation to hire a consultant company, um, both the board and the task force had interviewed Covenant and we opted to hire Covenant and we've already issued that press release that, that we hired them. That was an early recommendation that was again reiterated in the report as an example of things that we've already started working on. But we had probably a good full page, um, single type page, uh, letter thanking the task force and describing some of the things that we're working on, as well as um, some things that we're still concerned about as a preamble to the executive summary. Okay, so um, I can I can only assume at this point, since I don't have the full paper, um, that that is in another part of this week's paper would be that nursing home summary, but um, it was the nursing home board that released the task force executive yes. summary um, yes. to the newspaper. Okay, that makes perfect and that sense. Was, 
And that was uh, with agreement by the task force that we would take a couple of weeks to be able to digest the report, be able to answer questions about it, see what steps that we needed to implement, not to mention the fact that we, you know, the holidays were coming, uh, many people were traveling. And so it gave us time to, like I said, regurgitate the report, figure out what we needed to do. And we promised to release it to the public um, the first week of January. So not only has the executive summary been sent to the paper, it was also sent to the Bangor Daily News, um, but we also have it on both our Facebook and our website, as well as the full 20, 30, I think it was 26 or 28 pages of the full report. If anyone um, wants to read it, it is on our website and it is available for people to download to read in, in detail. Okay, so I will put your website in the show notes so that people can access that. And so basically that report that came from the task force, it was made up of four portions. So we have the executive summary and that is what the nursing home board released to the newspaper. So it's released to the Bangor Daily News and also Island Advantages. And then Correct. there were three reports that made up the rest of the report um, that were representative of the three subcommittees of the task force. So they Correct. covered the areas of affordable housing, um, recruitment and retention, and then also operations and management. And so if people want to view that entire report, they can go to the nursing home website and access it there. Correct. Okay. Um, now, of everything that was written by the task force and compiled, if you could pull one thing out of that, that would be the biggest need in terms of the goal of nursing home reopening, what would it be? Housing. I love those one word answers. <laughs> there's, there's actually two needs, housing and fundraising. Okay. Um, so housing, we know that, um, I believe so Lori Mori, who is our HR director, did has been keeping in contact with our former staff, um, has been communicating, you know, the various things that have been happening in the paper, uh, podcasts. Um, I believe there was a Christmas dinner that she coordinated, and I believe there's plans to do a New Year's um, gathering, so to speak. And so she was, um, she's been keeping in touch with the staff to try to organize all of that sort of thing. And she also did a survey with the employees. And I wanna say 78 to 80% said they would be willing to come back, definitely willing. Another, I wanna say 15% or so um, said they might be willing to come back. And there was a small portion that said they would not be willing to come back. Um, so that was very encouraging that, you know, despite the year not being the best, 2021 was not a great year for many people. And we were no different than that, that people still love and hold near and dear the nursing home and have a desire for it to reopen and to come back to work for us. And so if we can keep as many of that local staff uh, engaged in wanting to stay with us, then our housing needs 
will remain probably about where they were before. And that means 13 to 18 staff members were looking for a place to stay. Um, now, when people read the executive summary, they will see that there is reference to nurses from the Philippines. We won't know how many nurses we need until we get the report from Covenant, but we are gonna need to have housing for that staff. When they come, they stay for three years and they oftentimes travel with their family. And so currently we've had five people in the community step up um, and offer a year round rental. Now we have um, been have, we've had a couple of conversations with landowners. We've had um, some conversations with builders, um, but we need to have funding to find land and to put deposits to build housing in order to satisfy any ongoing long-term needs that we may have for housing. Um, and so that's something we've yet to really get our arms around because we kind of need the covenant report to know how many houses we actually need to get moving. And, and we also need the fundraising to begin to have those deposits. And I, I think that was very clear in the Bangor Daily News online article that about this that I was reading. I think it came out um, late yesterday. And um, it said millions or something like that may be needed for a nursing home to reopen. Um, keeping in mind that this is a volunteer board of a nonprofit. So um, obviously you guys are... are busy trying to figure out reopening. Um, do you have a need if there is someone in the community who has fundraising experience that they would be willing to share with the nursing home board? Um, do you have a need for them to step forward and offer to help in terms of putting fundraising together? Absolutely. We actually are, have developed a couple of subcommittees. One is um, development strategic planning slash fundraising and the other is housing. And some of the task force members have agreed to slide over from the task force to be on our subcommittee. Cause as you know, the task force pretty much is over now that they've published their report, but there are some that have an interest in continuing to assist us by being on the subcommittee. But in no way are those subcommittees full in terms of participants. And we certainly could use help in those two areas with fundraising being an immediate focus um, so that we can get things moving along and then housing being right on the heels of that. Okay, so I'm gonna challenge my listeners. If you have fundraising experience that you would be willing to share with the nursing home board. Now, this does not mean becoming a nursing home board member. This just means um, acting in an advisory capacity and sharing your knowledge, please step forward. And I will put Rhonda's contact information um, in the show notes so that people know exactly where to reach out. But yes, please, if you have that kind of experience, that is something that is extremely needed at this point, um, is helping our volunteer board members from the nursing home put together a fundraising plan to make reopening um, possible. Yeah. And, now, and we really need people who are decisive that 
you know, can, can come up with a plan and we can implement it right away. Uh, time is of the essence. We have about nine or 10 months to try to get this off the ground and, and funded. Uh, our goal to be open is September, October. And so we don't have a lot of wiggle room to kind of be, you know, hemming and hiring about what's the best way to go, which is why having someone who's experienced and who could guide us would be fantastic. And that's a great point that you just made because any large fundraising campaign, um, anyone that's participated in one typically knows that the planning starts at least a year before it's launched. So in <laughs> yes. this case, we, we don't have a year. So we've got to catch up some time. So it's definitely uh, something that has to be tackled as soon as possible. So um, if somebody would like to talk to me about the possibility of volunteering, if you think that you might have a skill that aligns and you just want to run it by me beforehand, reach out to me. I'll talk to you, um, probably end up referring you on to Rhonda for further discussion, but certainly this is a definite community need. And I'm always amazed at the scope of talent that we have in this community, whether it be people that retire here, people that summer here, but love the island, people that are from here or grew up here. Um, there's a huge scope of people to pull from. And I know there's someone out there who can help with that fundraising piece. Now, Rhonda, I'm, I'm also thinking from what you said that again, we'll put that call out. If you have or know of property that could be used as a year round rental, we're still desperate for year round rentals. So please reach out um, to the nursing home, reach out to Lori Mori, let her know that you have that available. Even if you're not sure it's a perfect fit, let's have a discussion about it and see. Five people have stepped forward so far and I want to applaud those five people. We need about 10 more to step forward and offer property. Yes. Again, yes. it doesn't have to be on the island. It just has to be commutable to the island. Um, so I would, I would put that call out as well. Um, Rhonda, let's move just quickly to listener questions. I had one listener question that came in since we last talked, and that is, is the nursing home board keeping all of the vehicles that they had when the nursing home was open? Yes. Okay. So um, we have the buses on the grounds because we don't have a storage building large enough to store it in. We have a van in storage, and then Dee Dee uses one van for her visits with all of the, the patients so that I'm sorry, the residents so that we're not um, having to have that wear and tear on her vehicle. Exactly. And, and it keeps it in use so that when the nursing home reopens, it will be there yes. and ready to go. Um, exactly. And then I think you also have a pickup truck, but the pickup truck still needs to be used because it still has to be plowed out. All of that still Correct. has to happen. So, um, all of that is being kept. So that's a great answer to that listener question. Um, now I'm gonna switch gears again, Rhonda. And um, we talked a lot about the factual portions of reopening consultants, task force, things like that. Um, I wanna ask how you're doing because you're a volunteer board member. And from what I've gleaned from our conversations, you've essentially put your life on hold um, since the announcement came out and devoted more than a full-time job into reopening um, 
of the nursing home and, and seeing if that was a possibility. And I just, I want to know how you're doing. Well, thank you for asking. Um, it has not been easy. You know, I don't think anyone joins a volunteer board and thinks that they're suddenly going to be put in this position of changing people's lives so dramatically. And, you know, I've, I've said this before, I, I participated in the fund, one of the fundraisers with no Paul Stuckey when we raised the money for this nursing home. And so it's kind of near and dear to my heart. You know, my aunt was there, several aunts actually have been there. And um, it's kind of been a, a fixture on the island, you know, something we've been really proud of. It's a model that is not like any others where people truly feel like they live at home. And to think that we had to close that um, for the safety of our patients has been really difficult for the entire board, not just for me. Um, when I, uh, and I've spoken of this before, when I learned that we had to close it, I immediately started working on how do we get this open? What do we need to do? You know, okay, so we've got staffing issues. What are the other issues? How do we solve them? And at the same time, I was living in Massachusetts. Um, September 15th, I actually relocated back to Bangor and stopped working. And this became my job. And I'm the breadwinner of my household. So I've been living on savings for four months and um, it's not been easy. It has not been easy. I've, um, the stress of it has been not been easy at all. The, um, the way that it feels like the board as a whole is regarded um, has not been easy. Um, we're doing the best we can as a volunteer board and it's resulted in, you know, insomnia for some, in getting sick for some, um, in being, um, you know, just having bouts of being very sad and upset for some. And it's, it's really taken its toll. And I have to say, there are times where I question whether I'm the right leader for this board whether someone else should be leading the charge, whether I even have the energy to continue at this pace. And, and to be perfectly honest, I'm at a point now that I need to go back to work. And that worries me about how do I balance the work that still needs to be done with the fact that I'm not gonna have the level of input or the ability to track down different leads um, to even see if there are options for us. Um, so it's been hard. It's been really hard. And um, I have told my board that I'm considering stepping off, that if we can find an appropriate leader, that I am considering stepping off because I have to put my ability to support myself ahead um, of my situation now. I'm, I'm kind of at that point where I, I need to make some changes. Absolutely. And, and I appreciate you being so transparently honest with us because I think it's important uh, a few things that you, everything that you brought up is important, but in particular um, that you are doing this as a volunteer. Uh, yes. So in other words, 
typically a board member, a nonprofit board member would spend maybe two to three hours, four hours, five hours a month on board things. And I'm, I'm saying for an organization like the nursing home, um, you do your board meeting each month, you review emails. You know, if you work in a subcommittee, your subcommittee might meet a couple of times a month. Um, but you have essentially made this a full-time job despite, and I say job, despite the fact you're not getting paid for it. Um, Correct. Since September 15th, including relocating where you are physically located. Our community is lucky to have that kind of leadership, really. Um, and we were lucky to have had it for the last few months, but obviously that's not sustainable for the long term. As you pointed out, you're the breadwinner of your family. And at some point you can't live off savings anymore. Um, and right. while we're super appreciative for your sacrifice, um, it, it can't go on forever. So we talked about some ways that the community can help. They can step up and, and you know, offer rental properties that can be rented year round. They can, if they have fundraising, are there other ways that the community can step forward and take the pressure off you and the existing board members um, so that we can kind of share the load, like in terms of maybe subcommittees or, or something like that? So we have a communication subcommittee. Uh, that would be really helpful. Um, you know, we're frequently getting requests for interviews and, um, you know, we have to do press releases and things of that nature. Um, I'm not comfortable as a writer. Um, I do it, but I, it's probably the one area that I don't feel is a strength for me. Um, and frankly, when you're doing a job search, a job search being quoted in the paper doesn't oftentimes help when people are doing Google searches and see you're involved in something that doesn't always come across accurately when you're being interviewed or when you're being quoted or what have you. Um, so that's a concern. So, you know, having people on the communication team would be great. We've already mentioned um, that we have a subcommittee for housing and for fundraising. And, um, you know, we're not doing a management and employee subcommittee. Um, at this point, we feel like that's really a, a nursing home administrator slash um, covenant advisory role at this point. And we're not doing an operations um, subcommittee at this point because really that's what the board does. They're overseeing all the operations. Um, and again, we're still waiting to get that report from Philip to really understand what the various models he thinks we should consider are. And that might evolve into other subcommittees, but when you have a board of eight or nine people, there's not a lot of bandwidth to do all these different subcommittees, you know? And, and I also think that people don't really understand that although we're a nonprofit, we were a fully functioning business that was sustaining itself. Um, yes, we absolutely had the generosity of our community with our annual appeal and with our endowments and things of that nature. And we absolutely appreciate that. It allowed us to do the things that the state funds don't cover like employee appreciation and activities. And you know, if a resident needs 
uh, a new coat, we're able to purchase that for them. Or if they want some yarn or puzzles, we're able to get those things because of the generosity of our donors. But uh, in overall operations, because we're restricted in the size of the lot, um, we can't expand. Really the only fundraising, the, the only um, large needs we might have were around um, capital, you know, roofs right. and, and vehicles and maybe repainting or tile work or bathrooms or so having that strategic vision with a lot of nonprofits uh, have these subcommittees where they're, you know, looking for the next project. Our projects were really around how to bring more enjoyment to our residents, you know, how to get them active with the community by doing, going to the parades and that sort of thing. So um, I think that sometimes people don't understand that this nonprofit, healthcare nonprofit, it's a very different, I'm sure you've experienced that with a medical center because it's a functioning business that the fundraising needs aren't necessarily typical unless you're doing some kind of big project. Um, so for us, our big project is reopening and housing. And that's really where we need the bulk of the community to help us. Absolutely. And I, I think that's the medical center is an interesting example that way, because we do have um, the medical center building itself. And then we're also the foundation that grants for the healthcare programs. And you're Correct. right that those are two very distinct arms. Um, and typically when you're dealing with building things, you're yes. dealing with expanding the building, you're dealing, you know, with buying something for the building or something, you know, something like that. Whereas you guys, as a board, you were more in place for resident enjoyment type things. Um, so and govern we're, we're yes, there to and govern. governance. Absolutely. Um, and, make, and make those decisions on how to spend um, monies and approve budgets. And, and that similar to, like you mentioned, the the business end of the medical center. We don't have right. a foundation like the medical center has. So we, we don't have those projects that a community base where we're helping other. Um, right. So I don't mean to minimize that piece, um, but it's, it's definitely a functioning business. And sometimes I think that gets lost. Absolutely. And I think that's a very valid point um, in terms of what we're looking at uh, the nursing home board, what the historical role of the board has been. And now this is a new role that you're taking on, um, not one that you anticipated or prepared for no. or could read ahead and figure out how to do. This is something that hit you pretty quickly, very quickly. And you had to reverse and switch roles. And now you're, you're charting a new path into the future. And we're all right. hoping and hoping with you that this new chapter is going to include the reopening of the facility. But again, we've got to support these nursing home board members, these key volunteers. We've got to help them fill in the blanks where the talent and the skills are needed so that these great people who have brought us this far don't burn out because that's what's gonna happen. We are putting a lot on the shoulders of these key volunteers. And at this point, as community members, we can step in and we can offer to 
our little piece of talent and help shoulder some of that burden, take it off some of those volunteers and make this sustainable for them to continue being volunteers. Um, and I exactly. think that's, that's an important request. So I would and, encourage, and, go ahead. And, and my request would be that the folks who want to be involved really need to be of the mindset that we need to um, be able to make decisions quickly. Um, I, I don't know that there's a true appreciation that this is such a compressed pe period of time for us. Nine months to some may feel like a long period of time. It is not. There's so many moving pieces. And you know, for the housing committee, for example, having people who understand what goes into building a home. Um, you know, we found a builder. Um, we haven't voted in, in terms of selecting that builder, but we've talked with a number of builders and um, modular seems to be the fastest. Um, and, you know, there's so many things to consider around housing. And Peter Roth from the task force was great. He, he had a number of different ideas for us to consider. Um, but as we move along, having people on that committee that understands what goes into building would be really helpful. I mean, I've renovated, but I've never built anything before. I don't understand all the regulations around development plans for um, building structures and, and all that goes in. And, and Peter's a great resource, but he too is a volunteer. So having collective knowledge on how we move forward would be fantastic. But we, we can't sit and think about, okay, well, next month we'll decide what we're gonna do about X, Y, and Z. No, we need to decide it this week. And then next week we might have another decision that layers on top of that, and then another and another. And I mean, we really need to like hit the ground running. Time is of the essence. And I think that is an understatement even um, in this case. It is, like you said, it's not something where we can as a community or as the board or anyone sit on decisions for a really long time because that October 2022 date looms in front of us and we are already in 2022 now. So anyone that's built a house, even one house knows it takes a long time to do things um, when it comes to building. And of course, we're now in a pandemic environment where we deal with supply chain, um, delays, uh, everything. Um, yes. so these, these decisions will have to be made soon. Um, so certainly just putting this out there to anyone listening, if you have any sort of skill or talent that could lend itself to this effort in any way, reach out and let's talk about it. And let's see if you might be able to fit in, help and take the burden um, off some of these volunteer board members so that we can all share, not just in the work, but then in the joy of seeing the facility yes. reopen, because that's going to be an amazing day. And the more hands, um, the lighter the work. So Rhonda, I, I could talk to you all day. I appreciate you being so transparent with us about where you are personally, where you are in terms of the board. Um, and I just, I again, want to say on behalf of the community, please take it back to your full board and take it to heart yourself. We are so appreciative for the work that all of you have done, the sacrifices that you've made. Um, we wouldn't be even close to this far without you. Um, and we certainly hope that we'll be working with all of you far into the future and 
we'll all get to stand together when the ribbon cutting happens or, or whatever marks the start of the nursing home again. So thank you so much for your time today. Thank you. If I may extend just for a moment longer, sure. I, I would like to address the title of the Bangor Daily News article. And sure. I think he's done a great job. Um, when he's talking about millions, I'd like to explain that. So for the nursing home to reopen, the process would look like, let's say that everything we needed to do was in place, the staffing, the housing, everything was in place. We would have to have approximately eight to 10 residents would move back. And then we need to have a state survey. We're not allowed to bring all the staff back until the state has come in and done that survey with that eight to 10 residents in-house. But they could come in anytime between 30 and 90 days. We have to have staff ready to start, ready to pull the trigger. So if they came in day 61 and said, okay, you can start bringing staff back. We need to have the staff for 70 residents available and ready to start working. So those are carrying costs from the overhead um, to the heats and lights and the administrative staff and keying, you know, queuing staff up to be available and ready. And if we are in fact having to bring staff from the Philippines, we'll be having to pay for them and possibly their housing or getting them housing at least initially. All of those costs would be carried for at least 90 days, depending on when the state did their survey without us really generating a lot of income. And so that, that allotment is how, when you read the executive's report, how that million dollar to reopen figure came up is we're gonna have these carrying costs. And then the way that billing happens at a nursing home is you bill after the fact. So a full month will go by and then by usually the fifth of the following month, you submit your billing, but you don't get paid for up to three weeks from the state. So it, even though, so you have to prepare for that, I guess is my point. So that's where the initial million, million is talking about. Then we have fees for foreign staffing, or we have the agency fees that we have to pay for. Um, and then in terms of building housing, the way that works is they require a 30% down payment for the entire project before they'll start building. And then upon delivery of the buildings, they require the remaining 70%. And then they put everything together and do the wiring and all the finished work that needs to be done over the next several months. So there's a lot that that's where, when he's talking millions, now some of that might be satisfied with a construction loan. Some of that might be satisfied with us needing to take a loan out against the nursing home. We haven't gotten into that detail yet because we don't yet have a final number, but we do know we're going to have to do some fundraising construction loans don't cover 100% of the cost. Um, getting a loan for operations may not be financially feasible when we were operating with a one to 2% profit margin when we were fully, fully um, at full census previously. So I just want the community to understand that when we're talking millions or when the Bangor Daily News is talking millions, they're looking at the, what this scope of the whole 
process looks like, we're not necessarily expecting the community to raise the full funding. We are looking at other options, but it is going to be a, a hefty lift for sure. Absolutely. And thank you for clarifying that because I think, yeah, when I, I read that term millions, I, I guess from working with the task force, I knew what that meant, but you're absolutely right that for um, the, the listeners and other people in the community, it's important to specify exactly what goes into that, that kind of nebulous term millions. So I, I appreciate that. Rhonda, yes. again, it's been a pleasure talking with you and I can't wait for our next update discussion. Okay, that should be uh, toward the end of January. We okay. expect a presentation by Covenant to the board. Uh, probably the third week, I think, is the target date of January. And we're hoping to release that information um, to the community shortly thereafter, within a week or two of, of that presentation. Perfect. We will set it up on our calendars as soon as we're done recording. Um, so we'll make sure to keep the community up to date. Thanks, Rhonda. Thank you so much.